In the early hours of October 7th, 2023, a woman stood nearly naked on a neighbor's front doorstep. Pleading for help, the woman repeatedly knocked on the door. When Lisa Johnson opened her door, she stared in horror at the victim, known solely as TJ, who stood there in a black latex lingerie dress, duct tape, and a metal collar latched so tightly to her throat she could barely speak, let alone breathe. To Lisa's horror and shock, the woman had restraint marks on both her wrist and ankles. Lisa ushered TJ inside and told her she was going to call the police. Before Lisa could reach for the phone, TJ warned her that if she called the police, he was going to kill them both. Puzzled, Lisa looked and thought, who is he? At the time, no one could know the horrific crimes that had been occurring at 301 Old Orchard Street in Excelsior Springs, Missouri. Despite earlier claims from the community that black women were being kidnapped and murdered, the Kansas City Police expressed that these claims were baseless rumors. Was KCPD wrong? And if so, in not pursuing the claims of the local community, did KC Police subsequently allow for not one, not two, but possibly three or more women to be victimized by the man who is now being commonly referred to as the Blue Barrel Killer. I'm your host, SJ, and this is Mid-Death. When I moved to Kansas City in 2022, I immediately fell in love with this community. The people of Kansas City are hardworking and proud, as they should be. They have turned what was once a small town into a flourishing destination city, with a thriving sports and entertainment sector that keeps tourists coming from all over the world. And as a Black woman, I had my reservations of moving to the Midwest. However, I was hopeful that I would feel safe and, you know, get to experience a small town charm in a, in a modern way. While the experience has been incredible for me personally, I cannot ignore the injustices that my community continues to face. Let's start from the beginning. In April of 2022, Serena Truitt's family was actively concerned for her well-being. Her niece hadn't heard from her and had started to call around in hopes of finding anyone that had seen Serena or spoken to her recently. By June of 2022, rumors had been spreading that Serena was actually dead. And Serena was a mother of six. Her niece reached out to KCPD, hoping to, at the very least, put in a missing persons request. To her shock, the police officer who she spoke to let her know that not only did she not have enough information for a missing persons report, but he actually asked her why she cared. I cannot imagine the anger she felt, like she just had to be seething. But I have to commend her because her love for her aunt was fiercely stronger than her anger. She did not let up. She persisted that her aunt was missing and that she wanted the police to investigate, that they had to investigate. It was their job. Now, unfortunately, in October of 2022, Serena's body was discovered by someone's dog in their backyard 
I say someone because it turns out that person's not related to the case. It ended up just being a horrible experience. But I mean, can you imagine? It wasn't until February of 2023 that she was even formally identified. And I have to imagine that's just because of the decomposition. Now, again, her family's pain and anger had to just be unreal. I mean, this is a family who knew something was wrong for months and tried to get the police to help them, even though KCPD refused to take them seriously. I mean, why do you care? That's my family. That's why I care. That's a person, a mother of six. That is why I care. That is why you should care. Now, in September of 2023, we're going to fast forward a little bit. Bishop Caldwell of Eternal Life Church took to social media to call on law enforcement community leaders and activists to investigate another possible serial killer. Yes, that, yeah, you heard me right. I said it right. Another serial killer who was kidnapping and murdering black women from Prospect Avenue in Kansas City. Now, Obviously, another serial killer, that's, that's a crazy phrase. So Caldwell's video went viral almost immediately. And in response, the KC Police Department spokesperson released a statement that basically said there, there was no basis to support this rumor. A rumor. Now, I'm not saying this isn't possible. It happens. But I do wonder what exactly does the bishop gain from spreading rumors of a serial killer? And his phrasing, another serial killer, that was definitely not a rumor. In the early 2000s, Kansas City, and more specifically, those around Prospect Avenue were being preyed upon by Terry Blair, aka the Prospect Killer. So a serial killer in the 20th century, it's not impossible. In fact, this area's already had one. So what exactly made KC police so confident that they felt that they could just immediately call these claims baseless rumors. Now, less than a month from the bishop's warnings, TJ stood nearly naked and beyond afraid in Lisa Johnson's home. When the police arrived, they immediately removed the metal collar from TJ's throat. Finally able to breathe, TJ explained that she had been held captive for a month by a man who had repeatedly and brutally raped and terrorized her and killed her two friends. Now, I'm not going to go into detail because this story is dark and haunting enough without me telling you all of the horrible things this man did to her, but she described his dark sex dungeon-like basement in detail and told the police that she knew she was able to show them the exact house where she had just escaped from. The question on everyone's mind at this point had to be, how in the world did this woman escape such a sadist? Well, TJ was able to tell them that too. Um, that morning, her captor had left the home to drop his eight-year-old son off at school. Yeah, you heard that right. My heart dropped into my stomach when I read that a child was in that house of horrors while his father was completely terrorizing an innocent woman. With TJ's help, the police located the home and immediately put in requests for search warrants. Those warrants were granted and they began their search. 
The basement looked exactly the way TJ had described it. Painted black, the walls had everything you would need to hold someone against their will. About an hour and a half into the search, their suspect returned home, and on the spot, Timothy Hazlitt Jr. was arrested. Now, I don't want to spend too much time on Timothy because this story is not about this piece of shit. It's about a brave woman who freed herself and was finally able to lead to the capture of this absolute animal. However, for the sake of research and, you know, giving you all the full story, I will give you Timothy's background. There's not too much to know. He graduated high school in Illinois. He went into the Navy, though. He was discharged shortly after. I couldn't find anything that explained why he was discharged so soon, but from the looks of his social media, uh, it was likely because he's a racist ass who no one wanted to be around. He uh, married in 2013, poor woman, but filed for divorce two years later. Now, he was granted joint custody of his son. However, he was the primary and custodial parent, so his son did live with him the majority of the time. Terrifying, I know. And because of that, his wife was also ordered to pay him $400 in child support every month. Now, surprisingly, Timothy doesn't have a real criminal past. He had some traffic violations and a prior animal control violation. But beyond that, there's nothing there. Uh, the most telling part of his background, as I said, is that he's a complete and utter racist. I'll spare you the exact quotes because it's just going to piss you off. Like, it pained and angered me to even read them. But his social media is just riddled with racist rants. Rants from, you know, Black Lives Matter movement not being a real thing or a needed thing to why Breonna Taylor somehow, some way deserved to be murdered by police as she slept. Not even going to go there, but that's what is on his social media. Feel free to look that up. They're all still there. Uh, just truly disgusting and disturbing comments like all around. There was also comments from people who either worked with him uh, or briefly served with him. As I said, he was in the Navy for a short time. He also worked at a railroad. So there were people that knew him. Um, doesn't seem like there was any friends that knew him, but these people knew him. Um, and from their comments, basically, he was just a racist piece of shit. They hated him. They didn't want to work with him. Shocker. But that's what their comments said. Um, so after three days of searching, the home he was actually renting, which is wild to me that he's committing such insane crimes in a rental, but I can't even paint my apartment's walls. Nonetheless, I digress. Uh, the police seized countless amounts of evidence against him, including several hard drives, restraints, and yeah, you guessed it, a ridiculous amount of porn. Uh, they spoke to his neighbors who all claim, same thing that all unsuspecting neighbors usually claim, he was quiet, he kept to himself, and they never heard any screams or odd noises from his home. Now, for my Midwesterners, you know that's because he kept his victim or likely victims in the basement. Basements are often soundproof, very hard to hear people screaming down there. Not to mention, when TJ escaped, she had duct tape and a metal collar around her neck, like... So I would imagine like there wasn't a lot of chance for her to be screaming. And you got to think about it. I told you before, his son lived in the house. You probably don't want your eight-year-old son hearing a woman screaming in the house. So it's not really surprising that the neighbors didn't hear anything. If no one in the house heard anything, of course the neighbors didn't. So on October 7th, he was hit with a gang of charges. We're going to come back to those charges, though, because while he was in custody with a bail he was not going to be able to pay at that time, and a public defense attorney who was still sifting through all of the facts of TJ's case against him, the Kansas City police started asking the public to help them find Janie Crosdale. Yeah, I know. You're like, who is that? Uh, I know. Just bear with me here. 
At the time, they believed she was a witness to Timothy's crime. I say crime because they're not specific. Now, let's just take a second to really break this down because while my intention is definitely not to bash any police, let alone the local police who I actively have to rely on as a Kansas City citizen, um, especially because I recognize that Prospect Avenue is very much a hot spot for crime. As I said, Prospect Avenue already had a serial killer in the past. Like This is a very high crime area. The police were already investigating several murders and even a mass murder in that area at the time that all of this is happening. But I still gotta say, they dropped the ball completely when it comes to Janie. Now, Janie is actually how I discovered this case. So in my research, I came across the Kansas City Defenders article on this case. And as I scrolled through the article, I quickly noticed a picture of a young black woman with honestly one of the most infectious and beautiful smiles I've ever seen in my life like a picture's worth a thousand words and she just looked like a just the sweetest person she just she just had a smile that like it made me want to keep staring at the picture because she just looked so like warm and welcoming but unfortunately to my shock and horror I quickly realized she was another victim of Timothy Hazlitt now I said the police were asking the public to help them find Janie because she was a quote-unquote witness to one of his crimes. However, typically when the police are looking for a witness, they're very generic. Like, we're looking for a witness to such and such crime. If you possibly witness such and such crime, please call this hotline. We've all heard it at some point. We've all watched Law & Order. You get it. But in Janie's case, they released not only her full name, but a picture of her. And that's not all. They placed billboards yes billboards around the Casey metro area with her name and photo on it and asked anyone who had seen her or knew her to please call them now it's just me or it's giving missing person victim or even worse suspect like this is not a normal way that police go about finding a witness that's just not how they do it they they don't put billboards up with their name and photo like if i witnessed a crime and i'm in hiding you really think that my name and photo on a billboard will make me come out now the murderer knows exactly who i am i'm fuck no i'm not coming out now so just a weird approach now the worst part of this is her family was not contacted prior to the release of her name and photo so they found out that she was you know missing or you know, a witness to this crime along with the public. Now, from the very start, her family rightfully criticized police's way of going about their search for Janie. Her family made it very clear that if she in any way witnessed a crime of Timothy's or any crime, it was only because she was a victim herself. They were adamant that Janie was not the type of person to be in any way involved in harming anyone or witnessing the harm of anyone without actively doing what she could to protect that victim. They just, they, they knew it. And you know your family. If the family's saying this, come on, you gotta, you gotta at least hear them out. So this is January of 2023 that the police are searching for Janie. Now, February of 2023, the grand jury indicts Timothy Hazlitt on nine charges. Because you gotta think about it. Like, at the same time that all of that's happening, Timothy's case is still actively going through. Like, we've already got TJ as a, you know, our sole victim, our sole survivor. We gotta keep going with that. So buckle up for these charges one count of first-degree rape, one count of first-degree kidnapping, four counts of first-degree sodomy, two counts of second-degree assault, and 
one count of felony child endangerment. Now, obviously, all these charges are going to be related to TJ at this time, except the child endangerment charge. That is, of course, related to his eight-year-old son. And he was given that because he had left unsecured firearms that were accessible to the child. Who's shocked? I mean, he's quite literally brutalizing and terrorizing women in his basement while his son is sleeping upstairs. So who is surprised that he's leaving guns around? Definitely not me. Um, but that was an additional charge. Now, while all this is going on, Timothy's being held at the Clay County Detention Center pending trial. So obviously, major progress in the case, but the community just, they can't catch a break. They would soon be receiving just heartbreaking news. On June 24th of 2023, kayakers found a blue barrel floating along the Missouri River. Despite what I can only imagine are all of the voices in their head just screaming, don't open it, the kayakers opened the barrel and it contained the advanced decomposing body of Janie Crossdale. Her body was so severely decomposed, it took the medical examiner an entire month to positively ID her. The blue barrel she found that she was found in, it was identical to the blue barrels located on Timothy's property. And for all my people that, you know, love to listen to a podcast and then hit Google, when you start researching this case, every video, every picture, anything that has his house, there are blue barrels in the front yard of his house. So like, it's not like they had to go searching for him. Like they're from, they're visible from the street. And he had like several blue barrels. Like one picture I saw, I think there was like three or four in the photo. So like he had quite a few. And now we found one in the river. So that's it, right? Lock him up, throw away the key. Well, not quite. So no additional charges were brought against Timothy from what I can find. However, the prosecution's office did immediately request that his bond be raised. The judge agreed and his bond was set at $3 million. Now, as a part of their request, the prosecution's offer explained that there was no evidence that TJ and Janie knew each other or that they were in Timothy's home at the same time, dot, 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 because that's fucking weird, right? Originally, they claimed that Janie was a witness. So if Janie's a witness, what did she witness? Like a witness to what? I have, you know, I have to ask because outside of TJ, no other victims have been linked to Timothy. You know, in the beginning of the story, I brought up Serena. Serena is still not fully linked to him. So if Janie and TJ don't know each other, I don't, what did Janie witness? So this is why I say Casey police dropped the ball because, or I guess even possibly lied. You claim that she's a witness, but what did she witness unless there's another victim that we don't know about? And why they would not share information of another victim, I can't say or even begin to speculate. But I will say that all of this really makes me believe the bishop even more. There was evidence, however, that Janie was at some point inside Timothy's home. So I gotta also wonder, why are charges not being brought up yet regarding Janie? Casey police, like, care to explain publicly. Please don't knock on my door and explain. But, you know, we, like, I need to know. And even crazier, after locating the blue barrel in the river, the police went searching for what they believed would be another blue barrel in the Missouri River. Like, they didn't think that that was the only blue barrel in the river with a body in it. They thought there was more. And if I have not shocked you enough with this story, they asked the public to 
actively keep an eye out for blue barrels in the river. No fucking thank you. No, 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 no. I am not, no. How did we start with, there's no serial killer, there's no victims, there's no bodies, to now, hey, by the way, um, can you guys check and see if there's any other bodies in the river? No, the police need to be doing that. Why are you telling the public to do that? You already told the public, stop spreading rumors. So now it's, what? Actually, you guys were right, and now can you search for bodies for us? Uh, no, hard pass. So... I just I'm I don't understand it because if Kansas City police believes that there are more victims, then warn the public. You know, tell the public, hey, we believe that there are more victims, there are more bodies. Do not tell them to go out searching the river for these fucking blue barrels. That's insane. Especially because the public tried to warn the police. Like they tried and you told them stop spreading rumors. Except those were not rumors. So due to all of this police negligence, like that got us to where we are now. And now you're telling them, hey, search the local river for blue barrels containing who knows what? Absolutely not. If you're listening to this and you live in this area, do not search that river. Like the blue barrel is probably the least of your concerns of what you're going to find in there. Now, unfortunately, that's pretty much where the case stands. Um, there was a small update on February 9th of this year. So like just over a week ago. Hazlitt's defense attorney filed a motion asking for a protection order. Um, basically, they're claiming that because this case has garnered so much media coverage, so much social media coverage, they don't believe that Timothy will get a fair trial, which ding, ding, ding. He sure in the hell will not be getting a fair trial in the Midwest, in Missouri. Like, this case is insane. And the public is the one who noticed this case. Don't put the public on that jury. They're, yeah, convicted, love. So... That's kind of their whole thing. So they're basically claiming that because of this, they just want a protection order. Just, you know, cut all of this out. Basically cut the public out. Now, the judge has not ruled on this motion. And I couldn't find anything that stated when they will. But if approved, it will prohibit anyone involved in the case from speaking publicly about it. And the public will also no longer have access to any court documents involving this case. AKA, my job is going to get very hard when it comes to finding updates on this case but nevertheless i will persist um timothy hazlitt has his next court appearance on april 15th 2024 and i would imagine the judge will probably rule on the motion then just seems you know clean and likely now if convicted timothy faces five life sentences plus an extra 36 years because why not he's a piece of shit no reason for him to ever get out so he will be getting life on top of life if convicted. Now, all of this to say, I just have to thank TJ for her bravery because while I cannot simply imagine, and believe me, I don't want to imagine the horrific abuse she suffered at the hands of this literal piece of garbage, it was her bravery that solely and finally led to his capture. Like, we're all thinking it, but I will definitely say it again. Casey police fumbled the fucking bag very early on in this case. The black community kept their eyes open and it allowed them to spot a predator and his pattern very, very early on. In an attempt to protect their community and the larger public, they tried to get Casey police to investigate and take this seriously. To the point, the local community is claiming they even had a description of Timothy early on. 
Now, while I can't substantiate that claim with actual research, I'll admit that, I still wholeheartedly believe it's worth mentioning. At the start of this story, they claimed there was a serial killer, and everyone called him a liar, and they were right, so I sure as hell will not be calling the Kansas City community a liar. Now, if just one officer, literally just one, had taken their claim seriously when this all started, who knows who they could have saved? They could have saved Janie, they could have saved TJ, or Serena. Now, I know, hindsight is twenty twenty, and believe me, I'm not a police officer, I'm not built for that life, I am not a person that can really, you know, say what should and should not have been done. I understand that. But let me just say that this serves as a reminder to all. When the community asks for help, it is the police's duty to assist them. Like, if nothing else, it is a police officer's job to investigate. You Like, that has to be why you do this. Even if the community is wrong, they're telling you black women are disappearing. Like, they are disappearing in thin air. We don't know where they're going. We don't know what's happening to them. But we know that something is wrong here. It only, we only needed one officer, one to take them seriously. Even Serena's niece. Why do you care? Like, why would you say that? It is literally your job. And if the public can take time to keep their eyes and ears open and spot danger and report it, it's your job to at the very least investigate it. Now, my heart goes out to Janie Crosdale, Serena Truitt, and their families. I cannot imagine at all the pain that they have endured throughout this horrific ordeal. My hope is that TJ can find the healing she so rightfully deserves. And that if proven guilty, Timothy Hazlitt never sees the light of day. I hope he feels every inkling of fear his victims felt while locked in his cold, bricked up cell. And that is the story of a dangerously brave woman who saved herself started a fight for justice, and saved countless others here in Kansas City. From the heartland to your headphones, stay curious, guys.